You are listening to Dirt Work with Adam Morrissey. Hello and welcome to Dirt Work. This is your host, Adam Morrissey. This episode marks the final conversation in our Equitable Cities series, which was inspired by Richard Rothstein's book, The Color of Law. So far, we've discussed the impact of policy with state legislators, community-oriented developments with nonprofit leaders, as well as the role that the banking and real estate industries have played in enacting change in our city. Today, we'll discuss the role that the business community has on the development of cities, including the contribution to inequities, as well as their role as being part of the solution. For this, we're excited to be joined by two executives from the Dallas Regional Chamber, Jared Fitzpatrick and Tasha Heron-Bruff, who lead and oversee the Chamber's diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. The Dallas Regional Chamber is one of the most established business organizations in the nation and serves as the voice of business and champions of economic development and growth in the Dallas region. Jared, Tasha, thanks for joining me today. How are you? Great. Thank Great. You. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for Thanks for having us. No, hey, thanks again for joining. Uh, excited to unpack the role that businesses have had uh, contributing to inequities, how in general they contribute to the development of cities and their role um, in enacting positive change. Um, so I guess with that, for those listeners that might be less familiar with the Chamber of Commerce, um, Tasha, could you talk a little bit about the role that the Chamber plays um, in the broader business and geographic landscape? Sure. Um, the Dallas Regional Chamber um, leads um, that effort in business. And what we do best is a number of things, right? We attract businesses to our region that speak directly to the growth and economic vitality of the Dallas region. And a lot of our work is with partner members um, right now, over 800 partner members that um, are part of this business community that lead and help guide the work of uh, the, the Dallas Regional Chamber of Commerce. And part of our work is economic growth and development. How do we continue to innovate and move our city forward to be a place where it's a great place and live and work for all of us? And um, most recently, um, the, uh, the DRC has included um, diversity, equity, and, and inclusion as a priority. It is a pillar um, of the work that we do. You know, we focus on education and workforce, and we focus on economic development, and we focus on policy, public policy. But now we have this fourth pillar that's diversity, equity, and inclusion, and it couldn't be more timely and relevant. Um, to be talking about the way the DRC is getting involved in changing the landscape um, of the Dallas region. You mentioned the new pillar of diversity, equity, inclusion. What are your all's main priorities and goals? And um, what initiatives does your team uh, as the leaders of that pillar have in place to strive to meet some of those goals? So there's really four pillars that we have underneath our diversity, equity, and inclusion work. And just to back up a little bit, I want to make sure it's clear that we have a fantastic group of leaders from our board of directors that make up our DEI council. And, and if you hear me say DEI, I'm just referring to diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's a lot shorter to say DEI. <laughs> Uh, and so there's 50 board members who make up the DEI council, and then there's these four pillars, which we've really split into four sub-councils. And the four sub-councils are diversity and leadership, 
education and workforce, community investment in underserved areas, and policing and criminal justice reform. And so I'll talk about the, the first two, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to Tasha, and she can talk about the, the last two. But really, the focus of the Diversity and Leadership Subcouncil is working to increase diversity in board and executive levels at companies, as well as among entrepreneurs and in nonprofit organizations. And we're doing that in three ways. We're creating DEI benchmarks to see where we are currently as an organization, how our member companies compare to each other within our region, and how we as a region compare to other cities. Uh, second thing, we're compiling best practices from our member companies because we have some that have been doing this for decades, uh, and then creating toolkits to help increase diverse representation and leadership and across all levels for the companies who, who maybe just be starting out on this journey. And then the, the last thing we're focused on is convening our DEI leaders and, and really bringing together the people who are trailblazers who have been doing this again for a long time and the people who are just getting started and may have been in their role for less than six months to really facilitate this cross collaboration and knowledge sharing uh, and mentorship. And then the, the second council, sub-council that I'll talk about is education and workforce. And that's really just expanding on the work that the, the Dallas Regional Chamber uh, and our SVP of Education and Workforce, Drexa Wusu, has been doing to help companies prepare and hire the next generation of the, the workforce. And so really there, they are highlighting opportunities for companies to participate in career technical education, uh, internships, apprenticeships, and programs like our newly launched Dallas Thrives. Um, they're compiling best practices and sharing those with, with our member companies around equitable hiring, uh, promotion, retention. They're, they're also looking for common workforce needs across industries and really helping companies to develop career pathways so students have a clear uh, way to go from you know, the classroom to the internships to, to college uh, and then straight into those roles. So that's really thinking about kind of what the future needs of the workforce will be. We, you know, we also focus on community investment and criminal justice and policing. And those two areas are, are two of the areas that, that I am helping to, to lead. And in community investment, you know, the DRC recognized that it had its responsibility to use their platform and resources to really be um, intentional about advancing our DEI work. And we wanted to focus on community investment to um, really maximize how we achieve economic growth, but also how we deliver social benefits to underserved communities, uh, specifically Southern Dallas County. And so we intend to amplify um, the DRC's work um, in community investment by focusing on closing the opportunity gap and really working to bring livable wages and accessible jobs to Southern Dallas and connecting diverse talent to economic opportunity. Look, we, you know, not only do we need, of course, something like Dallas Thrives, we need to be able to educate and prepare our students for the workforce of tomorrow, but we need the jobs for them, right? So that needs to be in place. The other thing we need to do is convene community stakeholders. One of the things we are committed to doing is listening and understanding what are the needs and the challenges of our communities. 
And we don't want to deliver half-baked ideas or ideas that don't work for our communities. So we're going to partner with diverse groups. We want to seek to understand and integrate their experiences and their perspectives into our work, but importantly, how we work to advance the goals of the entire community. And then in criminal justice and policing, after the killing of George Floyd, you know, it sparked a conversation within the DRC. And the DRC felt, and when I say DRC, Dallas Regional Chamber, felt it was a really critical time to dig in deeper and understand the issues that impact our communities. And so that sub-council will bring together criminal justice leaders, policymakers, community stakeholders to advance criminal justice reform that will focus on that disparate impact and longstanding policies um, that have had on communities of color in our region. And then we'll invest in partnerships with companies and local organizations that drive reform, focusing on policing. What we need to focus on is how do we create communities um, where we can all be safe, we can all feel good about the place that we live. Amazing, the, some of the things you guys are tackling, Tasha and Jared. Jared, w- one question for you, you know, these, and recognizing that this is just a portion of the work that DRC does. Jared, why can't businesses do some of this stuff on their own? You know, talk about the DEI work in isolation, but also the broader work of being advocates um, for the business community. Um, when we think about the role of the chamber? Yeah, that's a great question. So I will say that some companies have been doing a really great job of of moving the needle internally. Uh, and others, as I mentioned earlier, haven't even started. And, and so I think there's a, a wide gambit of kind of maturity on the DEI journey for, for our member companies and other businesses across the region. But, but there's a, a an old saying, an African proverb actually, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I think the the biggest part of this is building sustainable change. Uh, we've seen lots of efforts over the last four decades that really haven't moved the needle in a long-standing way. And I think it's because a lot of businesses or, or really people in general look at these initiatives as initiatives, uh, like you know, with a finite end. In, in mind, uh, they, they, they kind of see these as programs as opposed to a journey that really doesn't have an end date. Um, these things, the reason why it's important for the DRC to be here as a convener of, of the business community and, and really our whole community is because we all have to work together to ensure that the efforts that we're putting in right now continue to last long beyond our tenure, you know, Tasha and I's tenure as the leaders of this effort, but also as leadership changes in in these membership member companies that we have, we want to make sure that the change we put in place lasts. That's why it's important for us to work together as opposed to one person doing it on their own. Uh, And I'll, and I'll, and I hopefully that, that answers that question. No, no, absolutely. It does. Um, and you know answers it for you know, chambers all over the country, really. Um, and when we think a lot about the development of cities uh, in present day, job growth markets get a lot of attention. I'm thinking of places like Charlotte, Dallas, Denver, Phoenix. Um, what is the chamber's role 
in attracting businesses to relocate to a city? And how important is this? Oh, that's that's hugely important. Um, you know, we're we're com- we're considerably blessed, right? Um, Dale Petrosky, who's our leader and CEO, talks about this quite often. That you know, he recognizes what a position we're in as a region. While there are many other parts of the country that are struggling to keep businesses there, we have businesses that are coming to this part of our country and our region in particular in droves. I'll tell you, we have um, helped to get five of the Fortune 250 headquarters relocated to the Dallas region over the last five years. And it's you know attributed to the vi- viability of our region, but we also have an incredibly talented eco-dev dev team and talent attraction that really go out and really um, not just sell Dallas, but they understand the landscape of our region and, and its benefits um, to business. And so it's so important and vital um, to the vitality of our economy to make sure that we are continuing to attract businesses that will, you know, then in turn spur job growth and, and, and economic success um, to the region. So we have to be competitive and, and, and we don't wait for companies to come to us. We're going to them. And so DFW um, is really positioned well um, to be the recipient recipients of, of new business. Yeah, it's certainly something we've seen in the past. Uh, I saw a speaker, a developer a couple of years ago says, um, the thing, you know, we have a lot of different industries, um, but the thing that Dallas Forward does best is attract people and businesses to move here. Um, Jared, how does the business community play a role in the development of cities? Again, great question. So, I mean, number one, I think businesses contribute to job growth, right? So if you can increase employment, that creates economic opportunity for, for all residents. Uh, of our city, but especially those in Southern Dallas County, uh, as Tasha talked about earlier. So when we looked at the untapped potential in communities of color, it really boils down to how can we encourage new companies who are thinking about coming to this region, uh, but but also companies that have already been here to bring their businesses to this area or to hire people from this area, um, which addresses a lot of the the other kind of symptoms um, of of inequity. And I also think it's a partnership, right? And it has to be a, a true partnership, businesses to the community where they're really listening to what the, the community leaders are saying um, and then investing dollars and time. You know, we have a lot of businesses who are looking for opportunities to, uh, whether they call it corporate social responsibility, um, or environmental, you, you know, I, I think it's it's an opportunity to invest their people, their employees, into actually doing work to help those communities. So um, that's really where I see it. And, and I think those are kind of just two, the tip of the iceberg, but those are the two that come to mind. Yeah, that's great. Tasha, you mentioned, um, you know, the position that Dallas in the region is and how overlooked that can be. I think another overlooked part is uh, the role that businesses take on directly for, you know, developing areas. You know, you look at all the success that the Pacific Northwest has had and the growth around the 
growth of the companies of Amazon and uh, Microsoft, or even in Dallas, the AT&T um, dis Discover District that they invested a couple hundred million dollars in to make it a more attractive place for employees and other businesses. And funny, I was reading this article a couple years ago. I was talking about, I don't know, if 10 years ago or so, there was one ramen noodle restaurant in Dallas. And with all the waves of the Japanese businesses over the last five or 10 years, DFW has some of the most ramen noodle restaurants per capita. So I thought that was pretty funny. Jared, you, you brought up a good point um, about, you know, these new companies and even existing companies having opportunities to address inequities. Um, Tasha, how have you seen the business community contribute to the inequities that exist in our cities? You know, that's a fantastic question. Um, you know, I love that the premise of your podcast is based on Richard Rothstein's book, The Color of Law. You know, I heard him speak a couple of years ago in D.C., and it I became the biggest pusher of this book, right? Because yeah. oh, that's cool. I, I, I wanted the people who do the work that we do to understand how deep and wide the inequities go um, and how far back they go. And I think one of the things that our business community and businesses um, tend to do is focus on what's in front of them, right? And, and a lot of businesses focus on profit margins and bottom lines. And, and I get that. Business Businesses are in the business of making money. I get that. But businesses also have a social responsibility. They also have a commitment to their employees, their consumers, their community. And, you know, thank God that we see the, you know, the volume of social responsibility and social innovation departments and, and companies that are stepping up to the plate. But I think what businesses can do is look beyond their four walls and really understand um, the landscape of their region. And I can bring this locally. Um, you know, we are a city that is really divided. It is one of the most segregated cities on the map. And one of the things that I would love for our businesses to do is think about how their role in business could impact a more equitable city for all of us, right? And so if we're looking at it so narrowly that that place down there doesn't impact me, they're wrong. And so really part of our job, and I think part of my job, is helping businesses see that, how disinvestment in, in certain parts of our city, in particular Southern Dallas County, impacts our educational system. Um, you know, it impacts our housing and, and how people can grow and thrive. And so businesses must be concerned about the business of its people and its community. And I think that's one of the great things that this um, DEI initiative um, and this pillar and our priorities around uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion will be able to do is influence that with our business community and really be focused on how do we really increase long-term growth and economic stability for all. And when businesses see that the diversity in their leadership um, matters and that it, it increases productivity and innovation, but it also helps to bring the social benefits to communities that help deter crime, right? It helps um, to create the new leaders 
of the next job for. So um, I think businesses have to take a more holistic approach to diversity, equity, and inclusion and see that they're an integral part of us. Yeah, I think a couple um, companies that stand out that seem to be doing it and um, you know, there's an element of self, self-interest. self uh, One of my favorite quotes, I've said it a hundred times probably is, you know, people are starting to realize that maybe doing the right thing in isolation from moral or responsibilities uh, grounds couldn't be the same thing as doing the right thing financially. Um, I saw a couple weeks ago, JP Morgan Chase announced a $30 billion program dedicated to closing the racial wealth da- gap. I saw yesterday that the NASDAQ is looking into um, implementing board diversity requirements for its listed companies. And then uh, earlier this year, had a chance to read uh, Avon Chenard's book. He's the founder of Patagonia called Let My People Go Surfing. And it, it's really amazing how he seems to have built a, um, a company you know, based on sustainability. And it's also been rewarded in the marketplace. So those are some things that stand out that... Um, you know, speak to some momentum and culture change that's already happening. Uh, we've talked a lot about equitable cities and we use the word a lot. Uh, Jared, what does an equitable city look like in your opinion? Yeah. I, and I just have to go back really quickly and I'm going to touch on this in a second, but when you were talking about, um, you know, the inequities, I couldn't like let that go without really highlighting some of the numbers because it's not a, this is not like a we should talk about it and then you know go go about our business. This is a an urgent issue. This is a crisis, and I use that term specifically. Um, so the, the Urban Institute uh, did the, this inclusive cities study a couple of years ago, and it showed that Dallas ranked 272nd out of 274 U.S. cities in terms of uh, equity and, and overall inclusion. That means we were second to last. We were one of the worst, right? Uh, we were 270th in specifically economic inclusion and 246th on racial inclusion. Uh, and and so those numbers are not to you know, uh, you know kind of rag on our city. I think our city is amazing, but when you look at this, the way it's compromised, uh, Dallas County specifically, we're talking about. 50% of the population lives, you know, in, in southern Dallas, kind of below 30. The other half is above in northern Dallas, but 85% of the tax base is in northern Dallas and, and only 15% in southern Dallas. So this is a an issue that needs to be addressed now. There's a sense of urgency that I just don't necessarily uh, uh, always see. And I know we've gained a lot of momentum over the last few months uh, in the wake of George Floyd's murder, but Still, I, so I just had to touch on that. No, I'm, I'm glad you did. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and it, but also you guys, you did you did comment too, um, which I think is amazing. Uh, the opportunity that exists here too, with diverse industry mixes, and you know we have a lot to work with, but uh, it only makes it more important that we get to work quickly and smartly. So no, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So, so, and and I would say an equitable city is is one where um, all of the all the needs of all of our residents or citizens uh, are taken care of, including and especially people who have historically been marginalized and intentionally kept out of uh, power. 
Uh, and so, and really what I'm saying there is, I think everybody should have the same opportunity, right? Equity um, is, I see as an action that then drives equality, right? And when, when you have equal opportunity to, uh, you know, get a job or to, to just, Thrive in the city. <laughs> we have a lot of programs called Thrive, but but that's really the right word for it. That's when I feel like we have equity. That's when we have an equitable city, and that covers you know housing, healthcare, uh, education, a, a, a lot of different areas. But but it's at a general high level. Equal um, or equity is an action that drives equality. Are, are there particular cities that you all see? Uh, or businesses that you see as a model of positive change? Yeah, I can comment on that one. I, so I look at uh, Atlanta, um, you know, in uh, I think it was 2018, Atlanta was rated as also having one of the widest income disparities uh, in the U.S. And then you saw Mayor um, Keisha Lance Bottom come in and, and really create this vision for one Atlanta Right, which was this strategy to bring everybody under the this uh, you know essentially access to opportunity plan, uh, and so they focus focus on affordable housing access and uh, broadband internet and cybersecurity education, and they created this um, equitable smart city, which I think has gained a lot of uh, traction within the city, but also a lot of notoriety nationally. Um, and so I, I look to to Atlanta when I think about. Um, not to say they've done everything right, but just as a model for a city that's really starting to move the needle in a positive way. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I definitely look at them as a model of progress in this area. And and there are probably other cities um, that are also um, Detroit um, is doing some phenomenal things as well. But I think all of it is a work in progress, right? We have to start somewhere. And um, you know, I think there are some ideas and there's some some thoughts that we could share. And one of the things I like about using Atlanta is that I think Atlanta is such a comparable um, city um, to Dallas, right? It, it's it, in its geography and its landscape and, and, and its makeup. Um, it has a lot of commonality with Dallas, and we could learn um, a, lot, a lot from what they're doing in the city. We've obviously covered a lot in these issues, and but only, to Jared's point, only scratching the surface, really, um, but incredibly impressed and inspired by the work that you guys are leading at the Chamber. Uh, are there any reading materials, publications, or media channels that you all recommend for listeners interested in keeping up on the work you all are doing and trends related to diversity, inclusion, and equity? Well, I would love, I, I would love for everybody to continue to follow us on our website, um, and as we um, you know, we'll have updates to what we're doing in, in, in our DEI work at, um, the Dallas, at DallasChamber.org. Um, that's a great way um, to keep in touch with us. Um, but I think, Jared, um, we also have um, Dallas Innovate uh, website. Um, Jared, you want to? Um... Yeah. Yeah. So Dallas, for those who don't know, Dallas Innovates is a the collaboration between the DRC, the Dallas Regional Chamber, and uh, D Magazine. Um, so it was launched uh, about five years ago, I believe, 2015. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. uh, and it's essentially just to help everybody in, in the Dallas region 
uh, know what's going on and really talk about future trends, innovation, um, what we are doing as an organization. But to echo Tasha's point, please stay in touch with us via the website. Uh, we actually will be rolling out a diversity, equity, and inclusion web page within the DRC website uh, within the next few weeks. So we're excited about that. You know, we we just gotten here, but we're making some <laughs> some progress already. Um, so we're we're excited to get that rolled out. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to come on the show. Again, so admire the work you guys are doing and look forward to keeping up with you all. Uh, in the future, we'll have links to both of those in the episode debrief. Thanks again. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Adam.